Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. Again, a couple of tough pieces of scripture. The parable of the talents is tough because you probably heard 75 sermons on that, on that passage, right? So what is it that, that I have to say? I think you'll be surprised. But I want to start with 1 Thess Thessalonians. It's, it's the earliest letter in the, in the New Testament. They think it was written around uh, 49 A.D., uh, some 18 years after. Um, am I doing the math right? 18 years after the, the crucifixion and resurrection. And uh, it's concerning, the, we need to look at the first phrase. Now, concerning the times and the seasons brothers and sisters. It was just uh, like living and breathing for the early church to talk about not only the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but they were expecting that within that first generation that, that Jesus would come again and set all things right and transform all of creation and make all of and defeat evil for one last time. And so there had by this time, 18 years later, been some among the early believers who had died. And it created a crisis for them around what, what does this mean that, that some have died and Jesus hasn't come again. And so they began a very long history of trying to understand this whole Jesus coming again. What does that mean? It's not something we talk about much in the United Church of Christ, is it? The second coming. And so I want to just mention that I, I believe, and I personally have arrived at, at the, uh, an appreciation for the theology of the second coming of Jesus Christ, but for me it's a metaphor. I don't, I don't honestly believe that there's going to be an end of human history as we know it and that all things will be blown away and recreated anew. 
I, to me, that's, that's a, a, a few foolish, literal way of thinking about this. But I think that when we think about God judging us, God transforming us in one final act of transformation and resurrection, that it stirs in us a variety of feelings. Most of us just don't want to think about it, and so we don't. Because often we're afraid. Uh, you know, who are we to stand before the creator of the universe? Uh, it, it, it stirs in us fear. It also is a wondrous thing to contemplate. Now, I don't know whether it's that I'm 72 years old now and I, I think about these things more often, but it is a wondrous thing to imagine meeting my maker. It is, life is short and we may meet our maker at an unexpected time. And I think that's what the scripture is talking about. Like a pregnant woman who knows that the baby's coming, but when the labor starts, it's like, oh, I'm unprepared. You know, what's going to happen? You know, the, the crisis comes and that's the way we live our lives, isn't it? We, we kind of know that we're growing older. We know that we're going to meet our makers but we really don't think about it all that much, try not to think about it that much. And so there's a sense in which we are caught in an in-between time here in this life, and we are, the kingdom also is this, in this same way, that it's begun in Jesus Christ, but it's not yet fulfilled, right? We live in this in between time and so Paul says to us but but since we belong to the day the day the coming of the kingdom of God when all things will be right let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation hope faith Love, those are the things that we need to cultivate in ourselves in this in-between time between the kingdom beginning and the kingdom being fulfilled. Just like last week when the, the parable was about the, the foolish and the wise bridesmaids, some having oil for their lamps and others not, we emphasize that that being prepared means how we grieve for those who suffer in this world, this current state of affairs. And, and as an example, I was reading that the poverty level among single mothers has gone up 15% in 2023. For that, something about that just grabbed my heart and, and made me weep for single parents who are struggling so much and yet also being asked to struggle with poverty on top of how difficult it is to raise children as a single parent. How do we grieve? How do we, do we open our hearts and spirits to that? 
That's the question in this in-between time. We know our hope is that God's will for us is to share the abundance of creation with all people, that there should really be no hungry, homeless people. Like the wise bridesmaids, we are called to stay awake, to live in a way of gratitude and generosity, to be foolish enough to dream of a world where there is enough for everyone. And this week, we're confronted again with a very familiar parable of the talents. And I want to ask you a simple question about this, because you've, you've heard this parable over and over probably most of your life. What exactly was it that the person with one talent did that was so wrong? I want you to answer that for yourself. I think most of us would start with, well, they were afraid, and so they buried their their talent, and we often confuse talent with talent. Uh, The the ancient word for talent was, uh, a talent was actually an 80 to 120 pound block of gold or silver. It was a lot of money. It was as much money as most people make in a lifetime. And so for, I think for the early church, it, it represented God's gifts to us. We have the gift of life. And so that's where kind of the confusion with our English word talent comes from. But a talent, so to have have be given two talents is to be given more wealth than two people could earn in their entire lifetime. And to be given five talents is to be absolutely extravagantly wealthy, to be a billionaire, to put it in today's terms. And so this Parable, I want you to consider the fact that what was going on here is that in this in-between life, this world, this imperfect, suffering world that we live in, we have resources. And I I want you to consider that St. Paul is wealthy. You may have heard us talking a lot about our budgets and that we need to kind of be a little more uh, cautious about the general fund, and you've heard lots about that this fall. And those are necessary talks. But the truth is, is that St. Paul is wealthy. We live in abundance. And the challenge is, is that we don't really know what to do with it. 
The parable of the talents suggests that those who have been given much, much will be expected. You've heard that phrase, that we live our lives, we are industrious, we're hardworking. Those are good values. Those are good Christian values, good work ethic values, we call them, right? But there's a lot in that process that is difficult. This, this system of economics that we live in leaves poor single mothers in poverty. Now we can't hear something like that and say that that's right, that that's the way God wants it to be. We, did, we just can't, and if we, if we do think of it that way, I think we, we've got to, got to really challenge ourselves does, to look at it from God's way of looking at the world, having granted us abundance. Is that really the way God wants it to be among us? No. It's just, it's just not God's will or way. It's the way of the world. It's certainly the way of the world. And so I, I'm reminded of another piece of scripture from the same gospel, Matthew, where he says that I'm, I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. So in other words, those two people that had two talents and five talents, they entered into the world and they, whether they liked it or the way the world works or not, they, they were industrious and things came back to them and they were at least doing something. I want to propose to you your theological imagination that what the person with one talent did was to protest the, the bad, inequitable ways of the world and just wanted to withdraw from it as a protest against the inequities of the world. But withdrawing from the world is not an option for us. In this in-between time, the kingdom of God, that vision of there being enough for everyone, continues to stir in us hopes and dreams for everyone eating and everyone having a home and everyone getting health care and mental health care. And there's lots of dreams out there, aren't there? And they're all good dreams. They're all dreams that I think God would say, yes, that is the way I intend things to be for you. And so as I think about us, the church is really a, a dream factory. Maybe, in, maybe a little bit unrealistic, dreamy kind of of people we are. We are people of hope in the midst of suffering. We're optimistic and hardworking and generous people among a world that is suffering. 
aren't we? That's who we are. That's our current situation until Jesus helps us to transform the way we are together. And I, I read a story, uh, it's a true story, about a, a church, LaSalle Street Church. And I don't know how long this has been going around, this story's been going around, but uh, LaSalle Street Church was a church a lot like St. Paul's, and, and they had uh, gone in with their Wapakoneta Area Ministerial Association and, and invested a little bit of money and, and built a housing complex for people uh, of various incomes and uh, uh, some decades later uh, that property was sold and the church got a check for 1.6 million dollars from the sale of this property and so their church council was uh, asked to uh, figure out what they were going to do with the 1.6 million dollars now it's a Churches always have deficit budgets, and theirs was no different. They had a, a, a shortfall in their general fund, too, as often we do in the church as we vision big and hope big um, and plan for large ministries. And what they did was they took 10% of that $1.6 million, $160,000, and they had about 200 members, and they decided they were going to give each church member a check for $500. $160,000. They were going to give each person a check for $500 and ask them to put that $500 to work in a way that reflects the fact that it, that $500 belongs to God. And so it was a very interesting experience, the experiment. There was lots and lots of uh, ingenious ministries that, that were spawned, uh, interesting uh, ways that people reached out in compassion, and uh, they ended up with more money coming back in than they had spent in the first place, much like this parable of the talents, right? And so I want to challenge you today to think about what if St. Paul gave you a check for $500? What would you do with it? I think it's a good thought experiment, good thing to pray about. What would you do with it? And I think that we as a church are called to talk about these kinds of visions and dreams. We're called to encourage each other to be truly people who believe there is enough for everyone. If only we can figure out how to make that happen. We are dreamers, we are hopers. We are determined hard workers, wily, wise in the ways of the world and so on this faith promise sunday we celebrate the fact that this church has a wonderful tradition 
of creative and determined ministry, excellence in ministry, I think we could even say. And yeah, we're, we're not, there's not as many people here in the pews as you were used to years ago. We're all getting a little older, a little less energy. There's a lot of things happening. Things are changing. But we are rich in gifts, in blessings. That's really the truth about us. And so we may have a little more limited excellence in ministry over the next few years as we rebuild post-COVID. But it's still excellence in ministry. It's still God's love and generosity and forgiveness calling us in to the kingdom which is coming. The kingdom which we dream of and hope for and pray for. That kingdom which is modeled in the act of communion where everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Amen. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844 971 1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.